Hello friends, my name is Michael A. Noble. This is a sermon series called Jesus the Great I Am. Thanks for watching. I'm excited about today's message. Let me tell you why. This is an important sermon series and knowing Jesus as the Great I Am requires that you understand the importance of his name. Have you ever thought about this? The name God doesn't mean the same to everybody. That's why this sermon series is important because unfortunately when you mention God, people have all kinds of images or thoughts or definitions for who they think God is. But that's not the same as knowing who God really is because we got the name of God mixed up or messed up or just don't take it that seriously. That brings about a real problem. If you took a pool and asked somebody, who is God? I guarantee you, you'd get all kind of different answers, not just amongst unbelievers, you expect that, but also amongst Christians, quote unquote. We're not all thinking the same thing when we hear the name God, but we should, because there's only one true God and he wants you to know him. You see, friends, Whatever it is that you conclude about who God is, if you don't get this straight, it's going to pose two threats to your faith. It's going to pose two threats to your walk with Jesus Christ. It's two threats to the church when we're confused about who God really is. The God of the scriptures literally is not the author of confusion. And so that's why we compromise and we have conformity. And both of those things are deadly. See, when you don't really know who God is, the God of the scriptures, and, and you can't let the word show you who he is by his name, then friends, you'll compromise your faith. You'll be confused and you will conform to the devil's lies that are out there. You see, both confusion and conformity are deadly to the church and they're deadly to Christians. So let me ask you a question. Did you know that in the Bible to know someone's name means to know who they really are? It means you know their character, what they'll do, what they won't do, what they'll say and what they won't say. In other words, you know their character, who they are, their nature. This applies both to God and man. So in this sermon today, we want to get personal. You see, God knows your name. He knows everything about you. Do you know God's name. That's what this message is all about. So in today's message, part four, we're going to look at God who reveals himself to a man because God will reveal himself to you in a similar way, not maybe the same circumstances, but he will make himself known to you. You see, guess what name God's going to reveal to this man. You guessed it. I am. We're going to be looking in the next several messages at Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. But today, we're only going to read verses 1 through 4. Let's go ahead and jump in. This is what it says. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to God's mountain to Horeb. Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of a bush, he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. 
Moses said, I will go now and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When Yahweh saw that he came over to see, God called to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Amen, amen, and amen. Friends, for those of you who don't know, maybe are not exposed to Bible teaching or traditions, Moses is known in the Bible as the lawgiver. This is the same Moses that God gave the Ten Commandments to. And guess what? Later on, we'll see he got them on this same mountain. Well, don't let me get ahead of myself. Moses is introduced to us in Exodus chapter one in the context of what God is doing with his chosen people, Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel. So in Exodus one, Israel has a population explosion while they're in Egypt. And there was a king that rose up. They called him Pharaoh's. And out of fear of all these Jews that now he thought was just running over his country, he decided that he would enact genocide against the Jewish people. These Hebrew foreigners, he saw them as a real threat. So he decrees into law a two-part plan. One was to enslave the Hebrews under a brutal system of slavery. And the second, that was probably even more heinous, was to murder all the male newborn babies from the Hebrews during this time. That was state sanctioned genocide through abortion. Y'all hearing me? Make the connections. So here's what we learn from the Bible. God always intervenes on behalf of his chosen people according to his plan to redeem the world through the promised Jewish Messiah, which we know is Jesus the Christ. So it is in this context, this hardship of the people of Israel, they don't even have a nation yet, but God intervenes on their behalf and Moses is at the center of God's plan for the nation. This is the context of Moses' birth. Moses was born to two Hebrew parents. This is recorded in Exodus chapter two. And again, God shows his power by providentially twisting fate to suit his purposes. God is in control, friends. I don't care what nobody says. And he got the last word. Amen. And so Moses is spared in spite of the king's decree because he's born during this time. Now, not only that, but Moses is actually favored by God and Moses don't even know God, he's a baby, but God is looking out for him because Moses fits in his plans. Now Moses is adopted by the king's sister and Moses is raised as her own child. Isn't God good? Here we get the king who hates these Jews and his sister adopts a Jewish baby that turns out to be Moses. Now, Moses has it pretty good. And Moses is actually, by the time he reaches the age of 40, which is really what happens at the end of chapter two, Moses is the heir apparent to the throne. He's just excellent in all he does in spirit. And Pharaoh loved him. But that wasn't God's plan. He was just using that to prepare Moses and groom Moses and for what Moses would later be called to do. So God, again, intervenes meticulously in the details of Moses' life, just like he does in all of human history. And so Moses sees a slave that's being abused by an Egyptian overlord, and Moses just can't take it. He's a man of integrity. So he approaches and confronts this 
uh, Egyptian overlord who's abusing this Hebrew slave. And they get to fight. Well, Moses apparently was strong and Moses ends up killing him. Now, it was against the law for a Hebrew to kill an Egyptian. That was capital punishment. And Moses, I don't care what favor he had with Pharaoh, Moses got scared because he was a Jew. He was a Hebrew. So he left and he runs for his life. Now, this is where our story picks up in Exodus chapter 3. So let's go ahead and get started. Verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to God's mountain to Horeb. Now this area, Midian, where he is, is actually a densely populated town in the northwest Arabian desert. And so Moses has now started a new life. And he has a family. He's obviously married. Has, he has a son. We know that much. But he's tending his father-in-law's flock. The Bible calls his father-in-law Jethro the priest of Midian. Now a couple things. Jethro is also known in the Bible as Reuel. He also, though, holds the title of the priest of Midian. And in the Hebrew language, what this really means is that he was the head of the household and he was to function as the priest, the ordained authority of God to teach people about the Lord, to train them in his ways. But he also had the authority of God as the spokesman or the leader of his family. That's God's order and that's God's way. Amen. So it's in this context that now the scripture mentions to us in this first verse, that he's at God's mountain. Scripture calls it the mountain of the Lord or God's mountain. Okay. But Moses doesn't know he's at God's mountain. The reason the Bible brings this up is because God is going to appear or present or reveal himself to Moses at this mountain. Amen. The mountain of the Lord symbolizes where Moses will meet God or to put it another way, when God will reveal himself to this man. Let's go to verse number two now. God appears to Moses in verse number two. And the scripture says Yahweh's angel appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the middle of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. You get the picture. All right. Moses is at God's mountain, but he doesn't know it. And now Yahweh's angel appears to him. Yahweh's angel. Now that's also can be interpreted the angel of the Lord, which is what the King James does. It's the proper name of Yahweh that's just translated in capital letters, Lord, in most of your translations, and it means messenger. But this is a special messenger. This particular angel of the Lord is mentioned at least a dozen times in the Old Testament, and it's always under special circumstances. I don't have time to go into that right now. That that We could actually do a whole series on that, which I might need to do because it's important. But what we got is a pre-incarnation manifestation of God in the person of Christ before he's born into the world. Well, let me put it this way. He's on Moses at Yahweh's mountain, God's mountain, but he doesn't know it. And so this burning bush that doesn't burn up, it's, it's on fire. It's a, it's a typical thorny bush for that area, dry, that they would burn all the time. But this one is on fire, but it ain't burning. So this is a miracle. So Yahweh's angel or the angel of the Lord, this special character, this divine special character, you will notice the scripture says 
He is the one that literally he presents himself to Moses. Look at the text. The angel of the Lord appears to him in what? In the form of a flame of fire out of the middle of a bush. So we're talking about God here. This angel of the Lord is God that appears to him. Okay. In the middle of this bush that's on fire, but not burning. Hallelujah. That's a miracle, y'all. That's a miracle manifestation. Only God can do that. Right. Amen. So watch this. The scripture says he looked and he saw that the bush was burning, but it wasn't on fire. Now, what did he do? This is important. Let's go to verse number three. He's at God's mountain, but he doesn't know it. God's appearing to him and showing himself and revealing himself to Moses, but he don't know who it is yet. All right. So here we go. Moses takes a closer look in verse number three. Now, that's important. Scripture says, Moses said, I will go now and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. So Moses is really talking to himself. Okay. He said, I need to check this out. In other words, this burning bush has gotten his attention. This who is the angel of the Lord. He just don't know it yet at the mountain of God. Moses don't even know where he is. Okay. So all this is going on. Now, this is important, y'all. When Moses responds and says, I want a closer look. In other words, this burning bush that's not consumed gets Moses' attention. And Moses responds by wanting a closer look. You follow me? So watch this, verse number four. God calls Moses' name and Moses answers after he comes to investigate. Verse four says, when Yahweh saw that he came over to see, God called to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. All right, that's pretty straightforward. When Yahweh saw that he came over to see, see what? The angel of the Lord who manifest himself to Moses in the form of a bush that's on fire, but not consumed, it's not burned up, which happens at the mountain of the Lord. But it's not until Moses responds by saying, let me get closer to this. Let me investigate. I'm not going to ignore this miracle I just saw. I know something's going on supernatural, but I don't understand it. So, but it's not until he responds to that. Watch this. It says Yahweh saw that he came over. Okay. And then watch this. This is different. Then it says God called to him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. God called out the middle of the bush. But wait a minute. The bush that's burning was called the angel of the Lord. Told you that angel of the Lord is a special character. It's a special manifestation of God. I'm telling you. He talking about Jesus here. That's who Jesus, that's what, this is Jesus in this text. Look at this. It says God called out of him. Where? Out of the middle of the bush. Well, where was the fire? In the middle of the bush. But it's called also the angel of the Lord. Now watch this. It's God's mountain. Right. But now we say that it was Yahweh who noticed when Moses came closer and was heading in that direction. In other words, when he saw him responding to him, presenting himself to Moses and Moses responded to that by wanting a closer look. That's when God, Yahweh, the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses. What did he say? He called his name. Now, when he calls his name twice, Moses, Moses, emphasis, right? He's saying, I know you, Moses. You don't know who I am yet, but I know you. And I'm revealing myself to you 
because I want you to know me too. I got plans for your life. Friend, that's what all this is about. God's mountain has right here three manifestations of the same God who's complex and so profound and so beyond us that he manifests himself in these three forms because the I am is going to explain to us God can be whoever he needs to be because he's God. You see, that's what this name is all about this Jesus, the great I am. I'm trying to show you, God, you can't put him in a box. You can't put him in a nice little neat category and he stays in there. That ain't God. He going to do miraculous stuff. He going to do stuff that blows your mind. As a matter of fact, you've never really met God if you haven't seen a supernatural manifestation. Now, you may not see no burning bush. I ain't seen no burning bush. But I have seen miracles that I know had to be God. And the first one is when I felt him calling my name. He lets you know that he knows you. And friends, I've learned something. You will never know God until you know God knows you. And it's all tied up in your name and his name. I hope you get it. We're going to talk more and more about this. I'm going to go into greater detail as we move on in this series. But this is kind of a, a deeper step. This is kind of going beyond the surface. And so Moses got his mind blown by a burning bush on the mountain of God. Hallelujah. As Yahweh draws him and then God speaks to him. Right there, you got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit on Elohim's plural mountain, but it's only God. It's translated just God on the mountain of God. Moses met the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, we'll talk more in detail about this. Okay, all right. So what do we bring as a conclusion today? As I started out, God wants you to know his name and God wants to show you he knows your name. You see, it's gotta be personal. God wants to be up close and personal in his relationship with you. And that's why you need to know Jesus as the great I am because that's how you do it. You see, what this verse, these scriptures are really all about and they're going to introduce us later in these texts to the I am, right? Is that this is it. If you're going to know God for yourself, I mean, show enough, know him for yourself, as the old saints used to say. You need to respond to God's revelation of himself to you in whatever form and however he does it by faith. You need to take a closer look and don't dismiss it. For some of you, it's somebody witnessing to you. For some of you, it's your mother or your father or your cousin. Or for some of you, it's watching a video like this. Or for some of you, it's just something's getting your attention. That things in the world ain't right and you ain't happy. And some, there's a void there. That's God trying to get your attention. I wish I could go into this, but I ain't got time today. But there may be right now as you're listening to this, God's trying to reveal a burning bush to you. That's, that's Jesus trying to get your attention. And when the Holy Spirit, just like Yahweh in this text, sees you responding to the revelation of manifestation supernaturally of who God really is in your spirit. Amen. That's when you're going to hear God's voice and he's going to let you know that he knows you. Friends, I'm going to end on this. I'm not very good at, at remembering names just off the top of my head. I don't have a photostatic memory. But when I get to know you, your name sticks. And that's the way it is when you're walking with the Lord. When you get to know him, when you respond to his revelation, when you respond to his word, when you respond to what he's trying to reveal and not just ignore it and listening to everybody else. A lot of people don't respond because they responded to the devil stuff out here all the time. So they ain't got no room to respond to God. But if you take another look, amen, 
If you just back off and, and say, hmm, something's to this thing, right? Something's trying to get my attention. Uh, maybe the word is true. Maybe this preacher talking right now is giving the truth. Take a second look. And when the spirit draws you to come closer, that's when God's going to reveal to you. I know you because I made you. And I'm going to give you Jesus as the great I am so that he will be able to hook us back up again and undo the separation that Satan and sin has brought. Friends, don't let the devil fool you. Don't let him fool you about who God is and his name. And that don't make him think that God don't know you. The devil wants you to be a name dropper only. Like those Jesus talked about in Matthew 7, 21 and 23. He wants you to call the name of Jesus, that power name of Jesus or, or God. And like I heard somebody I, uh, the other day mention God. It's obvious by their life. It's obvious by everything they do. It's obvious by how they stand. They don't know God. But it's like a gift from God. They don't know no God. Amen. He wants to, That's a name dropper. Somebody that's just dropping a name trying to impress somebody. God ain't impressed. He knows his own and he wants you to know him. Amen. Watch this. When you a name dropper, you drop a name, but you're going to be exposed when it gets back to the person you're lying, talking about you know. I done seen people who literally I've been talking to them and they have claimed to know Michael Noble, I, I was, you know, pastoring in this different church, all my different churches, right? In different positions. And, you know, I'm kind of, people know me publicly. And so this person, I was golfing with him in Florida once. He called me, he was a preacher. And he was telling me about this new pastor who went to this church. And he was talking about me. He didn't know he was talking to me. And so I let him go on and on and on. And it was all negative. But then at the end of it, I said to him, I says, um, have you ever met him? He said, yeah, man, I know him, man. I know him well. And I just didn't say nothing. He was talking to me. He was a name dropper. Later on, we were there for a few days golfing. And uh, he came back to me at the last day with, oh, he had, he was so embarrassed. Oh, God, he had just egg on his face. And he said, man, I owe you an apology. I still act like I didn't know you talking about. I said, what you mean? He said, I didn't realize, man, that I was talking to you about you. And I lied and said I knew you. And you know what he said to me? He said, someone had told me things about you. He said, but I didn't know you for myself. And he says, I'm going to go back and I'm not going to do that no more. He said, not only am I going to correct them. He said, because you are nothing like what they said you were, because you sit there and let me dog you to you and claim to know you. And I was talking to you. He said, but you showed me nothing but grace. He says, I'm going to go and correct them now. He says, but I'm also not going to do that no more. I'm not going to let nobody. Tell me who somebody is until I get to know them for them myself. Well, that's what I'm trying to say to you today. Your relationship with God is too important for you to take someone else's word for it. God wants you to know him up close and personal. He wants you to know his name just like he knows yours. And if you bite, if you're willing, if God's doing something right now, just call on the name of Jesus and say, Lord, I accept you into my life and I want to know you more. I promise you, I prophesy to you. That Jesus will present himself to you in a supernatural way, just like he did to Moses. Now, you may not get a burning bush, but you'll get what you need and you'll know it's God. Amen. Respond to his revelation to you in faith. That's how you're going to get to know the name of God, which means you understand who he is and what he does. Friends, remember, God knows you. He wants you to know him. Don't forget to join us for the next message. We're going to dig in deeper in these verses. God bless you now.